you know, we all have a social, it's like this unspoken social contract that we should be doing good things um, on this planet. But a lot of us kind of sleep on that responsibility. And I guess this is my way of honoring that call. Hey, y'all, you are listening to The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and I am so happy to be back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl podcast. Before I get started, just wanted to send a note of gratitude to you all for listening to the show. Um, out of all of the podcasts in the world, you choose to listen to mine, and it means the world to me because, again, as I always say, no listeners, no show. So I want to give a quick shout-out to those that I've seen on social media that have talked about the episode or reposted the episode or retweeted or just helped me push the episode as, again, we moving like an indie record label out here. We independent, so word of mouth is definitely important. So with that being said, oh, somebody wanted to text me. Damn. Okay. So with that being said, shout out to Sarah Makiba, Jackie Rose, Sarita Hill, and Reality Knox. Thank y'all so much for um, being my homegirls of the week, for helping me push this episode. It means a lot. So with that being said, this week's episode is with Jasmine Leva of The Invisible Vegan. Jasmine's story is interesting. She went from in front of the, well, she's always been in front of the camera and behind the camera, but she wanted to um, produce her first documentary about, um, with her experience being a plant-based um, person, as well as how she realized that being vegan is not necessarily represented in the most diverse of ways. Um, it, it seems like there's one particular type of vegan that we tend to see um, in our in our media, and Jasmine wants to touch on those who are underrepresented, um, people of color and other minorities, women included, who are you know making waves in the plant-based world. And, you know, deserve more recognition and have stories to tell and knowledge to give. So I was really excited to interview her about that. And also, she's an indie filmmaker as well. So it's like, this is like team independent out here. And she's also open to funding to get more uh, more funding for getting her project out. I know she did meet a goal, but when it comes to projects, you can never have too many resources to get your message out the correct way. So how to donate to her, um, to her fund in terms of, helping a independent black woman filmmaker will be at the end of this episode. Um, so with that being said, as she says, sky's the limit and her evolution will be televised, or at least in this case, be broadcasted. Check it out. Peace, y'all. This is Maria, the spiritual homegirl, and I'm speaking with Jasmine Leva from The Invisible Vegan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am great. Thanks for asking. Now, for those who might be unaware, um, please tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Jasmine Leva, and I'm co-director of a documentary film called The Invisible Vegan. I also um, do some commercial acting, so I've been in Sony, um, Nissan, Michelle Watches, all types of commercials, and I've been an entertainment professional for the past 10 years. Oh, that's great. So um, what made you jump into entertainment from acting and then um, making films? Oh, it's just always been a passion, like ever since I was seven years old, like I was a kid in all the school plays, um, doing things in the school talent shows, singing at the graduation. So I was always kind of like that kid. And then I went to school for TV and film. So it's it's not a matter of like, you know, why I got into it. It's just like, it's always been a part of me. 
And do you live a plant-based or, or a vegan lifestyle? Yes. Well, now I follow a I follow a vegan diet. I'm working on um, I'm working on the you know like the clothes, shoes, makeup. I'm kind of transitioning into that now. But for the most part, yeah, with my food, we're we're doing plant-based out here. I can totally understand what the transition to um, a, a plant-based or a green lifestyle in general. Um, I'm over here looking. It's getting a little bit colder here in Atlanta. And I'm looking at my leather my leather goods, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to eventually let that stuff go. So I completely mm-hmm. understand what that transition. So how and when did you realize that this was the lifestyle or the diet for you? Well, just when I tried it, you know, like for a long time, for a long time, veganism was foreign to me. You know, when I grew up in D.C., nobody was talking about veganism. There were a few, like, vegetarians, but I always thought, like, oh, these are just weird people who deprive themselves. And then I met this um, 60-year-old black vegan chick when I moved to Cali. And, like, I mean, she was, like, mid-60s. When I tell you her body was banging, skin was clear, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, what, what are you doing in your life? because it was definitely working. And she told me she um, she was vegan and she ate mostly uh, like raw plants for like 70% of her meals. And, and so I'm like, all right, let me try this. And then when I tried it, a lot of the problems that I was having, like minor health problems that I didn't know were linked to diet, started to go away. You know, like not, I'm a, you know, I'm going into TMI just because I felt like it's important to share this kind of stuff. But when I was younger, like 20 years old, like I had hemorrhoids, I had vaginal problems. My menstrual cycle was unbearingly painful. Um, I had really bad acne, you know, digestion was like uncomfortable. And then when I switched my diet, it was just like all those things that, you know, I was taking creams for and medicines for, they just went away. You know, like my skin cleared up that 10 pounds that was getting on my nerves that I was like in the gym every day trying to get rid of just fell off. So, you know, I don't want to promote veganism. Like it's some like cure all, you know, like, Oh, this is the life. If you do it, everything bad will go away in your life. But seriously, like you are what you eat. And a lot of the things we suffer from are diet related. Yo, I hella respect you um, being honest about what you were dealing with because, honestly, I dealt with the same stuff around that same exact time period. I got my first hemorrhoid freshman year of college and freaked out. I was like, mind you, I'm eating ramen noodles and the little Michelinas 99-cent meals that you get at Walmart, the little chicken alfredos. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, my gosh, why am I – why? Oh, my God, why? And it, it didn't click until later. So I was like, wait, I was eating trash. That's why. Duh, Maria, like – one plus right, one equals right. two is what you eat. It comes like what you eat is ultimately what you're, you know, eliminating and it leads to issues if you're not doing right by your body. So I respect that for you being so open. Yeah. But how do, were you able to transition out to a to a vegan lifestyle or I'm sorry, a vegan diet? Well, you know, when I first tried it, I think I tried to do it all at once, so it didn't take. But then I I did it in stages. So it was like, all right, first. Let me cut out red meat. So instead of, you know, meatballs in my spaghetti, I use, like, chicken in my spaghetti, which is just as good. But then after I got used to no red meat, I'm like, okay, I've conquered that. Now get rid of chicken. So instead of chicken in my spaghetti, then I'm putting shrimp in my spaghetti. So it's like I got used to – then I got used to no chicken. I was like, all right, well, I can do this. So then the next step was removing seafood. So it's like, okay, now instead of shrimp in my spaghetti, I'm going to do sautéed mushrooms. 
And, like, I did it in stages, so it wasn't hard. You know, it was like once I conquered one step, then I moved on to the next step, and I didn't put that kind of pressure on myself. But what really made it stick is educating myself. Like, once I started learning about, you know, I started reading books on food, reading articles, watching documentaries, and, like, the more you see and the more you learn, it starts to turn you off. Like, when you read facts like, you know, oh, they allow a certain percentage of feces in the meat, it's like, ha, 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 you mean the government allows shit in the the meat? Like, so I'm eating poop, like that stuff that smells, like that's in my food, like, nah, that's not going to work. You know, so you know better, you do better. So that kind of kept me um, on the right track. And then once I started learning about, you know, just the stuff that they're doing to the animals, I'm like, I'm I'm not, I, I don't I don't believe in that. You know, like the torture and, and the, the sadistic methods they're doing to these animals now like I can't even get on board for that like sticking hot rods up in animals like the areas where hot rods shouldn't be like that's just that's cool you know and I want no part of that okay so moving to the the project that you currently are um gearing up to release the invisible vegan what is the invisible vegan the invisible vegan um you know, usually now the health movement is doing a little bit better about um, when it comes to putting out diverse images to represent their movement. But in the past, you you only really saw kind of one spokesperson for, like, what veganism looked like, and usually that was a white body. So now it's just showing people of color, like, listen, this isn't, like, a white movement. Um, there are a lot of vegans that aren't represented. They're black. NFL vegans, there are, you know, LGBTQ vegans, there are black female vegans who are earthy and some who are just like, you know, girls from the block in New York and D.C. Um, so the invisible vegan is kind of giving um, giving a face to the vegans who've been not represented for like the past few decades within this movement. That's actually dope. Um, you're right. When we have, even with spirituality, um, and then the whole term of what is to be spiritual. But I noticed that a lot of people tend to um, roll with or assume that the whole peace, love, positive vibes, whatever, they tend to have a um, aesthetic that is just this one type of person. Usually I, I notice when I talk to people about it, it's usually um, white female, you know, very earthy, mm -hmm. hippie, chic, um, cute, trendy. Yeah. You know, at least on the outside. So I feel you when it comes to, like, not getting all people involved with a particular type of concept that is actually quite diverse. So I, I mm -hmm. definitely understand you with that. So, I, I mean, clearly we got the inspiration as to why you want to, you know, decide to – is this your first film or have you done films before? This is my first independent project. That is even doper. Okay, so you basically just jumped from in front of the camera to behind the camera. I was working behind the camera. Um, I was working in production for years, too. I just didn't – I wasn't working for myself, but I worked on other documentary um, shows in the past. So I had, like, oh, a background in production. That's even better. So when you, I guess when you strike out on your own for the first time, it's it's with this type of project, which is really – I mean, I'm pretty sure you know the impact that this film is going to ultimately make on not only our community but the community at large. And I think that's that's definitely commendable. Thank you. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> so were there any difficulties when you were trying to, to get this film done? Oh, uh, the the number one difficulty, finances. 
You know, if you, when you're doing a feature film, you know, usually even for like a low budget doc, like a doc, like what the health, I know everybody's talking about that. I believe they had like a $300,000 budget. So it's almost like, and in a lot of documentaries, they get between like, you know, they get millions. And even on a cheap end, you know, a documentary is like a thousand a minute. And my documentary is 90 minutes. So Whoa, you can kind really? of do that math. Yeah, because all the footage, because people look at it like, well, why does it cost so much? But, like, in a documentary, you have to pay for everything that you use in the documentary. So every photo that you don't own, every, like, all the footage, all the music, like, you have to pay for that stuff. And a lot of times it'll be, like, per second. And they'll give you crazy rates. Like, you use six seconds from a popular song, that can cost you ten grand. So it's like if you're like an everyday person trying to put together this kind of project, you know, it's like that can be a hindrance. Then you do have to come up with like more creative ways like, okay, how can I do this for cheap? How can I get something, you know, free or cheap that doesn't look free or cheap? So that's kind of the hard part, like having to make those negotiations. I can I can definitely understand that. I know there is a fundraising um, project for the Invisible Vegan that we can touch on in just a bit. But for those who are like myself, who really would like to see The Invisible Vegan, what can we expect once we once we see it on the screen? I think I think you can expect a fun documentary, um, a very fun and a very honest documentary. When you watch a lot of docs, they're very, you know, they throw out a lot of statistics. You got kind of like, you know, you have like somewhat dry um, experts. But this one is more like, nah, it's more anecdotal. You know, you got Cedric the Entertainer in there throwing jokes. And and then it's something that, you know, you can, especially if you're a person of color, that you can actually relate to. And then it's personal because I'm putting my own, like, personal story out there. Like, I'm telling people, like, like how I told you about, like, my hemorrhoids and my vaginal problems. Like, oh, baby, best believe all that went in my film because I felt like women, especially women in our community, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. So we're not helping each other, you know, battle it. So I, I just expect a lot of people to just grow when they see this film and, and be able to relate to it on different levels. I see. Now, I know Cedric the Entertainer was one person. I thought I saw, now correct me if I'm wrong, John Sally? Yes. And was it Russell Simmons? Okay, so who are some or some other people that have been in the film? Um, I, I know like those are some serious, notable um, vegans of of color, like for real. Like when you think of Russell Simmons, you automatically think yoga and vegan. Off top, <laughs> I know the king vegan, the king vegan himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of cool people there. Um, you're in Atlanta. I got Dick from Dead Press. Yes. I know he's in Atlanta. I know Dr. Opari and his wife, Alma Opari. Um, they they recently moved, but they were based in Atlanta, and he's um, he's an, a holistic doctor, and, you know, and she's a cooking instructor, and she ran, like, a medical institute with him. I got Dr. Milton Mills in there. Um, you can see him in almost, like, every vegan documentary. He's, like, mm-hmm. he's like the go-to guy because he knows all about it. Um, Tracy McCorder, the, um, the author of by any greens necessary. We got Genesis Butler. She's an eight-year-old animal rights activist. Lauren Ornalis from the Food Empowerment Project. Ronnie Webb from the Green Scheme. Xavier from Soulful City. So I have so many people 
um, in this doc who are doing great things in their community. Now, for those who are familiar with the show, we actually interviewed Stick's wife, Afia Ibamu, um, sometime last year. She's a holistic nutritionist, and she's also vegan. So I think that's really dope. If you guys are familiar with her, you guys will definitely – I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Stick as well, as well as some of the people that are um, that are that also that are mentioned in this film as well. So what do you ultimately want to accomplish with the release of The Invisible Vegan? Oh, to be able to have my first film under my belt. Um, this is such a huge project. Like when you look at a when you look at a film and you look at the credits at the end, and they have like 10 billion people working on something, to be able to put out something where you know, like you know what, me and a handful of my friends and a debit card, you know, I was able to do something of this magnitude, and even to put out a piece of artwork that inspires like positive change you know, and, and doing something good in the world. Cause I think, you know, we all have a social, it's like this unspoken social contract that we should be doing good things um, on this planet. But a lot of us kind of sleep on that responsibility. And I guess this is my way of honoring that call. Wow. You just went to my next question. Cause I'm an energy person. Obviously my show is about bettering self and spirit. And I was going to ask, you know, energetically, how does that feel knowing that, you're doing something that ultimately is a service for other people, and you pretty much just <laughs> just answered it. <laughs> but do you have any intentions on doing any other films that are, um, you know, socially aware or any kind of um, any kind of films that may honor the social contract that you have? Oh yeah, I have. Um, I have one more. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it out yet until I actually like get started on it because I'm just scared that like if I can't get to it until like three years, somebody else might get to it. Of course. <laughs> so, but, yeah, yeah, no, I have something else for the community just, just as important um, down the pipeline. That makes me really happy. So do you still want to continue to be in front of the camera acting, or do you want to kind of kick it in the, you know, in the production, you know, directing uh, aspect of entertainment? Like you said, um, I'm – I'm an like I'm an energy person, and I don't like – I mean, I know, like, some people are like, you should have a solid plan – I believe in that to some extent. Like, I, I feel like you should have a plan, but make it a little bit more fluid. I love being in front of the camera. I love being behind the camera. So it's kind of like, you know what, whatever the day calls for, like whatever I'm doing this year, like last year, um, I was blessed to be able to do, like, I think like five commercials that year, which was just a pretty nice amount um, if you're into commercial acting. And this year was slower, but, you know, I got a lot of traction with my documentary. So, you know, every, who knows? I'm down just, jump back and forth between both spaces. And I actually, weirdly enough, like I want to get a pilot license um, in a few years because I have this like itch to fly. So you just never know, girl. I might be flying. <laughs> That's dope. Just out of curiosity, what is your sun sign? My Is that my zodiac? Yeah, like what is your, when's your birthday? My, I'm March 22nd, so I'm a Aries. And I think my moon sign is I'm a Leo. You know what? I'm not going to lie. As a fellow Aryan, what you telling me sounds some Aries shit. You're like, you know what? Look, I'm going to jump in front of this camera. We're going to make it work, make some money, doing the commercials. You know what? What else y'all got by here? Y'all got, y'all got stuff behind the camera? Okay, let me jump in there, too. Okay, let me do this right. film. You know what? What else can I do? I think I'm going to go fly some planes. So I just was kind of wondering. 
For I mean, that's, that's dumb though. You have to explore what works for you. Like you got to do what you got to do. I understand that completely. Right, right. When you become like, and you and you know, we 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 live in this society where everything is so limited. Where you think like, oh, I want to be a director and I want to fly planes. You know, people tell you like, okay, whatever. You need to pick one. But I was just like, you know what? It only takes like eight months to get an aviation license, and it's really? about ten grand. Yeah, like it's a. I think it's like an eight month program. And it's about ten grand, which is, I mean, that's not by any means cheap. Like, I don't want to have the impression, like, oh, that's nothing. But you know, like, it's not that out of the out of the realm. Like, it's like that's doable, though. Man, I'm still in debt four times that amount for the damn degree I don't use now. So ten grand for an aviation license ain't that bad. <laughs> right, right. I mean, an actress slash director slash pilot. <laughs> do what you got to do. Oh, so. <laughs> One more thing I want to ask you, though, when it comes to going out on your own, I just want to know, what was that like to come up and just say, hey, I want to do my own film? Was there anything that you were kind of nervous about or, or you know, kind of shook, like, damn, like, I'm really about to be doing this entire full-length film on my back? I think yeah, the scariest thing is, um, you know, when, when you do something, like, at least if you do a project mm -hmm. for a production company, if it's if people don't like it, you could always say, like, oh, I just work there. You know, this isn't my project. But, like, yeah. doing your own thing is, like, okay, if the Invisible Vegan sucks, then everyone's going to look at me. Like, you did it. This was yours. If it's bad, it's completely on you. And I think that was, like, that's, like, the worst fear. So you just have to overcome that fear. You just have to, like, believe in your own greatness and believe in your own talent and just just tell yourself, like, you know what? No matter what, you got it done. Don't worry about what anybody says. Do the best you can do. And, yeah, and just do it. Right. I, I totally feel that. Now, going back to the film and the notable uh, vegans of color that are in the film, who was your favorite interview? Oh, um, I, 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 you know what? Honestly, I don't have a favorite. I've been asked that before. Because everyone, like, if you, and, and when you do see the film, everyone is so different, and everyone brings, like, a different element to the film. You know, like, Russell Simmons, he is very passionate. So he brings his passion. And then you have, like, Breeze Harper. Um, she did the Sister Vegan Project, and, you know, really intelligent woman, Harvard graduate. She kind of brings this, like, intellectual perspective. And then you have... Again, you know, Dr. Milton Mills, like, dropping, like, health knowledge that we need, you know, like, that people in our family need. Like, our aunt who's battling with diabetes, you know, she needs his information. So it's just, like, everybody brought something so different. Cedric the Entertainer, you know, when um, to keep it from getting too heavy, you know, like, he's the comic relief. So I, I can't even say who my favorite was. I, I love them all, honestly. I feel that. It sounds like it was like a dope-ass puzzle. You can't necessarily take one piece out or else it's not going to be the dope-ass puzzle that it is. Yeah. So how can people um, watch The Invisible Vegans? How do you plan on launching it? Oh, we don't have distribution locked as of yet. So it's one of those things like, but we, you know, we, me and my fiancé, like, we worked in entertainment for so long. Like, as soon as we finish the project, have everything paid for and licensed correctly, I'm sure we won't have any problem, you know, just 
um, getting it put on like some kind of VOD Netflix service. And if not, I mean, worst case scenario, not even worst case scenario, but if no one wants to pick it up, like, you know, we're fine. It'll go on YouTube for, you know, mass consumption. So I don't know how it's going to get out yet, but it's going to get out. Understood. Do you have like a date on when you guys want to release or is it more so just waiting on like the back end with the paperwork? It's kind of waiting on the back end, you know, just getting, um, getting all the licenses we need, getting all the paperwork in. So it's kind of dependent on, a lot of it's kind of dependent on other people. So I want to say ideally early 2018. Ideally. Makes sense. That makes sense. Like putting out movies and shit is not like a turnaround process. Like that shit definitely takes time. So I understand completely. Right. So um, I know there's a fundraising um, event going on for the Invisible Vegan. By the time this show is aired, it would have already passed. However, is there any way that people that are interested in seeing this film with all of these notable people, with all the knowledge that, you know, people need to know about how we are kind of, when I say we, I mean everybody that's underrepresented, whether it's double minorities, due to race, uh, gender, sexuality, what have you, like how can they donate to support? Um, you can, we have a Facebook page, The Invisible Vegan. So you can, you know, of course, like the page, um, send a message through there, you know, through the page inbox. We're also on Instagram, um, at The Invisible Vegan. You can reach out to us on Instagram and we're on Twitter at Invisible Vegan. Oh, great, great. So where are you guys now with the fundraiser? I know today is, what, the 14th of September. So where are you guys with respect to the fundraising now? We have a few more days left. We are coming. We're coming to the end of the, um, we're coming to the end of the road. And now we're at, I believe, like 38000 Okay. So we've we've been able to raise a nice amount of money. So is there anything else that you want us to know about yourself, your film, or um, your, well, your dream for films in terms of what else you want to do, or just about The Invisible Vegan? Um, one thing I want for people to know, in my family, um, with my family, my friends, out of all the funerals I've been to in the last decade, they are all linked to degenerative diseases. Nobody is dying of old age anymore. And, like, for me, that's an eye-opener that, you know, just as a people, we need to, and not even just black people, like, honestly, everyone, like, changes in lifestyle, like, it's it's time we start taking a little bit more responsibility um, so we can live longer, healthier lives, and to, um, and as a black female filmmaker, you know, like, right now, middle class, now, I don't have a lot of money, I'll just say, if you have a dream, like, go after it. You know, when I when I'm in when I was in film class and I'm looking at all the the hundred greatest films, you know, none of them are produced by black women because we don't always get the opportunities. But the thing is, like, it's time for us to stop waiting for opportunities and start making them happen. So don't focus on what you don't have. Just make something work with what you do have. That's a word. That is a word. <laughs> and honestly, no, for real, because I'm the same way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm pursuing my dream in terms of wanting to inspire people one episode at a time. So I can definitely take your advice just as much as I can provide a platform for for someone else to listen. So that definitely, that just, that that struck a nerve with me for the, for the positive, <laughs> for sure. I'm glad. I'm glad. Now, for those who may not have been paying attention, how can they reach out to you again? 
if you want to reach out, like we're on Facebook, um, the Invisible Vegan Facebook page, you can send us a message or you can hit us up on Instagram. It's at the Invisible Vegan. And we're on Twitter. Definitely feel free to tweet out. Um, and it's at Invisible Vegan. So, yeah, just reach out to us. We're here. Great. All right, y'all. You heard it here. This is the interview with the director, the founder, the producer, everything of the Invisible Vegan, Jasmine Leva. Thank you so much for speaking with me. All right, you have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you for having me. And that was this week's episode. If you want to reach me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com. Again, it's going to be under construction very, very, very soon as I have officially signed up for another host uh, provider and I want to go ahead and get that moved over. And plus, you never know what these social media accounts. I mean, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Spiritual Homegirl, Twitter and Pinterest at Spirit Homegirl, YouTube at Spiritual Homegirl. But like if those sites went down tomorrow, or if, like they do sometimes, they just start snatching accounts, where would y'all find me? You know what I mean? Like, so feel free to um, find me at spiritualhomegirl.com. You can also find me on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, if you want to subscribe, leave a review, comments, questions, concerns. I'm also on SoundCloud still. SoundCloud ain't going nowhere, so I'm still there. Also on Google Play Music. I'm on TuneIn app and Radio Public. So I am everywhere. I have gotten some good reviews from a few people that received my energy cleansing spray. I'm really excited. For those who would like to buy a spray to cleanse your energy on the go, you can do so. It's only $5. I'm really excited to <laughs> to move these bottles. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really dope. Like it's like it's really funny cuz I never thought that I would end up having people interested in that, let alone sending bottles like every week to people. So I think it's really dope. But um, that's about it. This is Maria, the spiritual homegirl. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace. <laughs>